Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show This episode of Liberty Lockdown is brought to you by our friends over at the Daily Job Hunt. I've told you about them before. A bunch of you have signed up. I've already received good feedback. You'll love it. Just go sign up. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up for the Daily Job Hunt. What it is is a daily newsletter that arrives in your inbox every morning. Basically, it's just like a minute-long read. Gives you some inspiration, some tips, uh, some advice. Sometimes a little fire under your butt never hurt anybody. And I think it'll help propel you to go out and get either that job or start the business that will take you to that next level in your life. And given what I see coming economically, uh, governmentally, I would highly encourage that if you are still kind of in limbo, so to speak, that you take this moment to go to crash.co backslash daily. Just sign up. Like I said, it's free. You could unsubscribe if you don't like it, but I think you will. And, uh, I hope you enjoy. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have a debut performance from the great Hannah Griff. Welcome on. Hello, hello. Hi. Um, so for those that don't know you, tell, tell us about yourself just a little bit. I am 26. I'm a writer, a political commentator, whatever you want to call me. Um, I go to Portland State. I'm about to graduate from the political college there within Portland State. Uh, I've been super heavily involved in politics, just like as far as commentating and whatnot, since I was like 16, 17, 18. Um, and then my journey, you know, has brought me here thus far. So here we are. What, what got you interested in politics at a young age? Honestly, I think I think about that a lot because I always wonder. My parents are sort of involved in politics, but not really. I don't know. It was something that I was always just interested in ever are, since i can remember are you argumentative naturally no i don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> <laughs> i feel i feel like that's a trend line that people don't give enough credence to when it comes to political inclinations it's like oftentimes people are are very argumentative and that's why they end up on twitter screaming at people and that's why they end up getting <laughs> involved in politics so just a yelling thought into the void. what was that said yelling into the void exactly yeah exactly <laughs> um so uh, you are a writer for the Rogue Review. I know that's uh, a recent yeah. affair. Is that your first writing gig? It is. Yeah, I've been writing for my own website. Yeah, writegirl.com forever. But um, that's my first like official writing gig. So I now doing a weekly column for them. They're awesome over there. I pretty much, you know, have free reign about whatever the hell I want to talk about. So I'm pretty happy so far. Nice. Well, um, why, why are you the Liberty version of AOC? <laughs> Let's see. Can I write an essay and read it? To <laughs> Do you have one? <laughs> I have, I have enough material that would constitute an essay if I needed one. <laughs> um, well, first of all, not to toot my own horn, but I mean, I am young and beautiful as she is. Uh, <laughs> And unfortunately for her, well, maybe not fortunate, maybe fortunately for her, I think that's why she gets a lot of the attention that she does. Did you see that article about how she was like, I think third from the bottom as far as like um, effective Congress people getting their bills yeah. about past whatnot? She didn't goose egg. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean. I'm not a socialist. I'm young. I have the same sort of world, like worldview as far as our age and generation as AOC. I just, you know, have a liberty focus instead of a socialism focus. And I, I don't, I don't know. I, I was talking to my fiance about this in the car the other night and I just, I was ranting as usual. And I was like, I just don't, she's the queen of social media she's the queen of twitter whatever instagram live she loves going on there to cry or whatever she does on there <clears throat> but then she also she she does all that but then she's 
a congressperson and she has a job to do that we pay her as taxpayers to do that she's clearly not good at. She's not good at her job as a congressperson. She's great at Twitter and social media. Um, but, that's, you know, that's vital. That's vital these days. <laughs> these I mean, days. Trump, so, Trump didn't Trump didn't get a lot of passed either for the record and but he was great on Twitter so I yeah. think that, that that is the the new paradigm for politicians I honestly as a as a huge Ron Paul fan I'm not going to look at her not passing bills as the reason that she's terrible um, yeah. just simply because you can be a radical and not pass bills but um, I think that she's ineffective even in this like radicalized leftist movement in that she basically runs as cover for the most radical ideology that the party wants to push, but then they kind of moderate when they actually pass the laws, which I think is good for us because good Lord, if we were getting everything she wanted, we would be in gulags. So <laughs> we, yeah, we wouldn't be sitting here having a conversation. We would be bunked up together. <laughs> <laughs> like no exaggeration. I, like, I, I genuinely believe that her and her ilk are, are dyed in the wool like communists, like they, they would absolutely go that path. And, and I think that that's the reason that I was excited to have you on is because I would love to see someone who's young and attractive and can actually compete with this fucking psychopath because we really, we really need it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like we, we absolutely have to have someone who is representing, uh, I, would you even classify yourself as a libertarian? I, I, you've, seem to have both libertarian and conservative leanings. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, I definitely think I have conservative views and I can tell when I have views that do not fall in the libertarian lines because they tell me on Twitter. <laughs> um, I think I definitely do to my core have like a lot of conservative values. So I am very libertarian as far as like my social stuff goes, but you know, foreign policy, immigration, military, all that are very like my, my views are very conservative. Oh, well, then that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh-oh, did All I right. just open a can of worms? <laughs> well, I, I have, to, I mean, the the biggest the biggest thing for libertarians is intervention and, and mm. mil militarism and the military industrial complex. So that doesn't surprise me that people will attack you online since you do have a pretty sizable following and, and I'm sure you have thousands of libertarian followers because um, they're like simp extraordinaires. <laughs> 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 but but, uh, but why why would you after after the past 20 years of seeing how you know led astray we've been with our military interventionism how how have you maintained any semblance of faith in that system see and that's what's hard is the conservatives want to conserve right but at this point what are we conserving it's so fucked up at this point that it's no longer conservatism it's it would have to be a return to conservatism, right? Right. It's so I, I don't know. I struggle with that angle as far as figuring out how, okay, I can recognize the ineffectiveness of the government. They don't know how to spend our money. Well, they're, they're really good at spending our money, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, tying, knowing that fact, which is like my libertarian side with like <laughs> knowing that, you still want defense. I still want defense and like not, but not the way that we're doing it now. Like okay. there has to be some sort of not libertarian because I know obviously, like you said, that's like the main thing. Um, well, that, that would be, that would be a minarchist stance. That's, that is still, you would still classify in the libertarian umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, basically like, and caps like me are, we want to privatize everything. So we want private military and private police and private everything. Um, mm -hmm. But for a minarchist, which there are plenty of libertarians that would classify, they believe in having some sort of border protection as well as a military for uh, national defense. So I, I don't think that that's unfair. I just wanted to make sure you weren't, you know, of the neocon vein where you're interested in having military adventurism overseas that lasts for decades. And I don't know. Okay. Okay. No, we're no. safe. Yes. <laughs> I really didn't, <laughs> I didn't want you to lose your endorsement from me already. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I promise. I'm not, I'm not that way yet. That okay. way. I, honestly, I used to be, I've grown more libertarian as I've grown older and sure. learned more about the world, about politics, whatever. I've, I've, I have my core conservative values, but I've definitely strayed more, you know, to the left as far as social policy and all that yeah. shit. Yeah. 
Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, that for us, that's, uh, that's totally in alignment. Um, I don't think any of us really strongly care about gay marriage and the trans stuff and all, all the, all the right. woke topics. I mean, uh, if anything, the only pushback that you'll get from libertarians in that arena is when the libertarian party is messaging about it, in which case we get pretty frustrated because that's not really core to libertarian ideology. Like certainly we want equal rights, but we want equal rights for everybody. We don't want special laws. We don't want hate crime laws and, and all this stuff that basically creates division within the populace, which is what right. you're trying to, you're trying to unify the people and, and treat them fairly and equally. And, and it seems as if we're in fact going in reverse. Have you, have you noticed any of the, the policies that they've been passing? Like in Oakland, they have um, UBI trial run that's happening right now where I didn't see that. No. Yeah. But check this out. This is where it gets fucking totally insane. It is. You're only eligible if you're a minority. So racism, super racist. So, (laughs) so if you're, if you're a poor single mother who's white, you cannot receive this UBI. If you're a poor single mother who is any other color, you can get $1,500 a month for an entire year. I mean, that's insane. I, okay. I have, I have thoughts on this. I figured you would. (laughs) As a, as a minority person myself, right? I I'm still I'm I'm Hapa, so half half Asian, Filipino, half white. What what would what would I get? Would I get fifty percent? You get seven fifty, girl. <laughs> They're like, give me your twenty three and me. Let's calculate how much fucking minority percentage you have, and we'll get like just those kinds of things. It's like how I, not I only think... is it asinine, but how do you determine? You can you can identify as whatever the fuck you want. So how do you determine that? True. Well, especially with woke ideology, you can literally identify as whatever you want. So yeah, uh, I I love the the hoppers in this movement because you guys always <laughs> get it like really deeply because you're like, wait 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 wait. I'm like I'm half that. So am I? Yeah. <laughs> am I supposed to be like half upset or half stoked because I get free money? Uh, it's just it's just a, a sick pathological way of governing and and it to me it's no different than. Jim Crow and all these other laws that we used to have, which would separate based off of race. And, yeah. and I just feel like that is, that is what progressivism is now. Progressivism in the you know 60s was getting equal rights. Mm-hmm. Progressivism now is getting unequal rights for the people that were oppressed in the past. And, and yeah. I feel like if you, if you overswing that pendulum, you're going to create another overswing of the pendulum where you start to get the, the boogeyman of white nationalism and all these other things that I don't believe truly exist yet. But if you start to make people feel like they're second-class citizens, of course, you're going to have a white Panthers movement, you know, to counter what the black Panthers represent in the sixties. Am I crazy? No, absolutely not. And that's, I'm marrying a white man between the ages of 18 and 35 who, you know, the demo, the hated demographic in America and just seeing what he goes through at his job at a very, in a corporate job at a very large company and just the diversity training that they shove down their throats and the, Oh, let's talk about law enforcement and Asian hate crimes. Oh, let's talk about black people today. Let's have a company wide meeting about um, Latinx. And it's just, he's like, I, I want to feel like I'm included too. And that I'm not the bad guy just because I'm a white guy. And like, do you feel like that ever? I just, I, I totally empathize with the fact that like, if you're white and you're a male, you're a demon pretty oh, much. Yeah. No, it feels, I mean, it does feel that way. I, I'm very fortunate in that I'm out of corporate America. And so I don't have to interact with these woke trainings that teach me that I'm evil all the time. Yeah. But the reason I fight so hard on these topics is because I know a lot of people that are in those positions and they can't say anything because their job is on the line or they're unwilling to say anything and, and get a different job. And, and I don't blame them, you know, but I'm in a very, you know, beneficial secure position. So I'm just trying to, to stem the bleed. Like if we, if we go down this path, it's going to be so toxic. And, and the fact that if it was just a governmental issue, it would be different. The -hmm. fact that it is, it is paired with employment. I mean, that is so catastrophic. Like your boyfriend's or your fiance's position. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I'm like, I'm trying to start a family and maybe have kids or something. And yep. And I have to 
spend one, one day a month getting told that I'm the devil and be yeah. like, Jesus Christ, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And I just, you know, I'll, I'll over here, like listen in on the zoom meetings if he's sitting in on them and I just am sitting there just getting fired up and he's, <laughs> he's very, you know, mild mannered as far as his political opinions and stuff, just cause he has to be like, you mentioned corporate America. Right. I, however, am not that way. And I've always sort of used that. I've been fortunate enough to keep my kind of professional career life up till now, separate from my political life. So I can be very outspoken about these types of political things. Sure. And I think that that's something that's not really recognized a lot is like just within companies, all of these employees that are just all this shit is being shoved down their throat constantly. And mm -hmm. how do you not completely reshape society like that and then once all of this i mean we're already there how do we go back at this point we yeah. can't like i think that's the biggest thing that people miss is like and and i missed because i was outside of corporate america as an entrepreneur working for myself i didn't know the creep of this until my my ex-girlfriend actually um she worked for a big company and they were they were i won't give any more details but they were giving her training you know every quarter or every month even that was exactly what we're describing. And I, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, like I, I couldn't even believe it. And then I start to see more and more posts and more and more people talking about it. And it's just the pervasiveness and the exponential spread of it. I mean, we even have it in our fucking military now. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that's the one place next to professional sports that I thought that a pure meritocracy would never die because, right. because you have to be the best, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and even in our military, we're now having quotas, even for fucking airline pilots, we're having quotas, like no disrespect. I'm sure there's plenty of my minority candidates that are phenomenal pilots, but I don't want them picking. Like we have to have half of our applicants be minorities. Right. What the hell? It doesn't make any sense. And I was talking to my sister-in-law about this recently too, just about that sort of affirmative action type of thing where, oh, we're going to give the jobs, you know, if I gave her this example and as a minority person of color, whatever you want to call me, I was, I'm offended by this because if there is, if I'm up for a job, all my qualifications, experience, whatever matches up with somebody else who's equally as qualified as me, but they're white and I'm brown. So I get the job. Yeah. That's fucking racist. That's not okay. I don't need your fucking handout. I don't right. need the job just because my skin is brown. Give me the job because I'm good at the job. Like, well, and, and even, even more unfair is if they're 1% better than you, but you get the job because yeah. of your, your skin color, you know, like yeah. if you're, if you're equal, it's a coin flip, but if, if a better candidate applies and they actually get essentially robbed because they're trying to meet racial quotas, it's it's genuinely no different than what we did 50 years ago that everyone hates and everyone describes correctly as being wrong, as being immoral, as being evil. And yet this is now what we're supposed to be doing to be good people. And I just refuse. I refuse that. And, and moreover, I refuse to believe that the majority of this country actually believes that's progress. I feel like there's a, a small minority, and I don't mean racially, I mean ideolo ideologically, that is pushing this narrative. And it's because everyone's so afraid to talk about it they they're just going along to get along and it's just getting worse progressively. Do you think that I'm overestimating as someone who hasn't been in corporate America, who hasn't been in college recently like you and well, you're in Portland, so you're going to be biased too. But um, what is it like in your experience? Are people actually buying this bullshit? Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, as far as, especially in school, you know, I'm right. not that that's so much of a surprise. Cause like you said, I go to school at Portland state, but right. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had a really unique opportunity to be exposed to a lot of political discourse in my college career because I'm in a political college. Um, and I, I'm not shy, you know, about getting political and neither are a lot of people who don't necessarily know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> um, for are you allowed? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to show dissent? <laughs> well, let me tell you a little story. Okay. I actually almost got in trouble with Portland State because of a tweets because someone reported me to a, a professor, um, 
I had posted a tweet making fun of her syllabus um, because it said so- her her main that. core. Oh, you did? Okay, I thought, <laughs> I thought you might have. Yeah. The main core like focus of her class was, it's an urban studies class, decentering whiteness. That was literally in her syllabus. Then I watch her little intro video for the class and what does she look like? White lady. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, of course, I tweeted it out and I didn't, I, I redacted, I don't dox, I, I wasn't, you know, calling her out, but they, PSU, you know, found the tweet. There was a whole drama. She was going to report me to the dean, um, threatened to do it. I actually got the fire org involved. Um, I was talking to Adam over there at the fire org. We were fully prepared to go on and uh, fight it, um, you know, if they wanted to discipline me. For, my... for, for those that don't know, FIRE is the, it's the free speech organization for college campuses, right? Yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, and, well, I just lost my train of thought. But... I'm sorry. I was just trying no, it's to okay. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just a whole big drama. And um, I, at first I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of tiptoe around this and like be nice and, you know, player game, whatever. And sh- so she told me to delete a tweet. I, I deleted the tweet and I wrote her an email back and I apologized, but I also kind of called her out and said, Hey, just so you know, this is why I tweeted this out. I don't think it's okay as a person of color, as a woman of color, um, that that's your goal for this class. I don't need my voice to be amplified and white people's voices to be silenced just so mine can be heard. That's how I took, you know, what your syllabus said. And that's not okay with me. She didn't like that. Um, I was going to say, did she respond? Yes, responded and told me to delete more tweets um, that she had obviously been stalking my Twitter or something. Uh, And I refused, uh, didn't delete them, and nothing happened. Um, She went to the dean, but they couldn't do anything. I think they basically told her to squash it. I'm not 100% sure what happened on the school side, but... They're like, they're like, this bitch has too many followers. We can't take yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, what's funny is I went to all the PSU like Twitter pages. I was like, all these motherfuckers, like, I bet you I have more Twitter followers than them. And I was like, don't start this fight. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my God. So, so you're out of there this year? I am done in September. I'm, we're in spring term right now. And then I've got summer term and I'm out of there. Well, congrats on that. Uh, how did you, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't even ask since I did the same thing. I went through college and I had to deal with a very toned down because it was a while ago, uh, version of the, the woke takeover of our brain space. Um, but it, for me, as someone who is combative and argumentative, I enjoyed the hell out of it because everyone else was afraid to talk. And I was like, this is fucking rad. Like I'm the only person that's going to take the counter opinion to this nonsense. Like I'm going to destroy this dude. And I would, I would literally embarrass my professors and have like the class laughing. It was, it was glorious. Uh, but I would imagine that the audience is much different these days. Cause that was 12, 13 years ago now. Um, so is it, were you shunned socially? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've always gone, um, on, just like online because I didn't I don't want to fuck with going to the campus and you know going to downtown and all that um so it's all zoom class but this term I'm actually in like my senior thesis seminar class um and I also tweeted about this I don't know if you saw but I had a a zoom meeting to pitch my policy project to the dean of the college Mm -hmm. who is the dean that I got reported to (laughs) um and just listening to everyone's pitches, um, it was very clear that, you know, they were catering to the audience of Portland State. And I don't necessarily know that that's because people cater because they know what the professors want to hear or if they just are regurgitating what they're learning. And that's why, you know, they just say what what they're taught right. pretty much. And that's I, I sat through everyone's, you know, presentations and pitches and I was like, oh, brother yada yada and then I the the dean is giving feedback to everybody uh, asking them questions you know for clarification saying oh that's a great idea blah 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 here's a suggestion I get to my pitch I make my pitch my policy project is about police reform in you know liberty-minded liberty-minded police reform police you know training reform all of that it was a great pitch but it was very very obvious 
I'm, I said it that I was right of center and that it's hard to, you know, to present things like that in a, in an environment like PSU. Um, and all, I didn't get really any feedback on my topic. I just got, okay. And then we moved along to the next person. So it's like, that's the kind of shit I deal with. And it's okay. Like, I don't need to be told how great I am by my professors. It's, it is what it is. Um, but it's just kind of shitty because it's not fun. It's obvious, you know? Oh, sorry. You froze for a second. Oh. <laughs> you're back now uh yeah no it, it it would not be fun but are you are you a social pariah like are the other students in class at least friendly to you or do they also share that sort of disdain no. I mean it's just sort of I don't not so much like negative outwardly towards me but more of just like cast I'm just like I don't listen to her kind of okay. thing you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the one crazy one everyone <laughs> else is all of the same mindset and I'm over here so it's like oh that bitch is crazy <laughs> they don't have to take you seriously because <laughs> you have no no backup whatsoever well that that's that's really scary exactly. if I'm if I'm being honest because um you know if you if you're if you're being honest that it's one one voice amongst I know back in my college days, we'd have 60 or 70 people in a class. If you can't get one ally out of 60 or 70, that's horrifying. Really? Yeah, it really is. It, <laughs> and I, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm in Portland, which, you know, of course. that's that's a really big part of it. But I think that it's a lot more prevalent in colleges across the country than we even realize, just like the corporate stuff, you know? Yep. And yep. It's just, it's something we have to talk about and it's something we have to talk about. We can make jokes and whatnot. When we were talking about the corporate stuff, I was thinking about the Coke thing, the try to be less white (laughs) diversity training meme thing. Um, And like, I think it's good to draw attention to things like that by like memeing them and whatnot. So it gets attention, but we have to like also have a serious conversation about it. And like, yeah, it's funny. And we can like bring these things to the light, but like, let's laugh about it and then let's be like yo let's figure out how we're gonna fight this let's laugh about it and then let's also (laughs) stop doing that um yeah no i i think so i think so too i mean it's if we if we allow this trend to continue you will have genuine overt discrimination that that becomes so pervasive that it's it's almost impossible to turn back without violence and that's the last thing i want Mm -hmm. because i'm a very peaceful person but it's the same, it's, it's genuinely the same situation, but it's in its infancy as what you saw with the black community mm-hmm. where they got to be over-policed and there was over-criminalization and they felt like they were hopeless and they had no, no other options. And then all of a sudden drug dealing and, and eventually riots become a potential. It becomes you know, within the realm of possibility. And at this point, the conservatives obviously are so docile that they're just kind of like, ah, oh, this is going to pass, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to reach them and say like, folks, this ain't going to pass. Like this is, this is no. the, this is the youth movement of the country. It doesn't even matter about mm-hmm. what the old people think. The young people are the ones that think this. So if we don't, if we don't implant in them some sort of counter-revolutionary spirit where they're going to push back against the, co- the mainstream narrative of, racism is okay as long as it's against white people it's not even racism they have all the power blah 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 if we don't have a, a right. true countervailing argument against that that is compelling that plays in, in my opinion what we need to do is play off of the rebellious nature of young people point out to them are you a rebel for standing with coca-cola and walmart and amazon <laughs> and the military industrial complex like do you yeah. feel do you feel like you're a fucking hero are you a risk taker <laughs> i mean I don't know why that argument. Yeah. I don't know why that argument doesn't, doesn't hold more water. Are they just, is it just cult like sheep, like non-thinking behavior? Yeah. And it's, what's cool. Um, I mean, I think especially like Gen Z, my sister is 18, so she's Gen Z and it's just been really weird. Like just witnessing her generation kind of, and just like the collective attitude they all, it's all, you know, highly influenced by social media. All the the kids just want to be cool. They want to fit in with their friends. They want to, you know, 
say what everyone is saying. That's why we have Joe Biden in the in office is because Billie Eilish was getting on TV and telling young people to vote for him. Like it's, it's, it's so just me- going with the masses. It's, these young people don't understand the repercussions of what they're doing now. They don't understand the realities when they're just voting for the first time. They don't mm-hmm. get the long term implications of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what it is. Yeah, it's and social I, media and it's young people. I, I agree, and and I think. What concerns me most is like, I don't think that the older people understand so deeply how ingrained social approval is because of the explosive growth of social media and the likes and the sharing and the follows and you know all of it. It's yeah. like, it's like you really, especially if you're in high school, if you become a social pariah on social media, even it can, it can change your life in school. And mm-hmm. And that's obviously when I was a kid, that wasn't an issue because there it wasn't really a thing then. Um, right. So that's a that's a really new phenomenon, and I don't think people really give it enough weight when they're trying to evaluate. Like, why are these people thinking so similarly? Like, there's so little differentiation between thought. And, right. And when I was a kid, I remember like basically your politics were whatever your parents were. You know, yeah. like <laughs> totally. like uh, people were conservative, people were Democrats. They like. That's what it was. But we all got along because politics wasn't fucking 24 seven shoved down your throat. No one really gave a shit. It was the nineties. Yeah. So like, who cares? We're, we're not at war really. I mean, we have little skirmishes as we always do, but there was no like overt wars and, and racism seemed to have been cured. We were all banging NWA and like drinking forties yeah. and, and life was good, <laughs> man. Uh, and, and now we've reverted back to this point where like, I have to feel really defensive about, about my race. And, and I just, it just devastates me because I really don't, I don't know that the younger people understand, even though I'm not a tremendous amount older than, you know, the early twenties people, it's still a major difference between upbringing. Mm -hmm. Cause like I got to feel a sense of like genuine unity, like a genuine accomplishment. Like we had, we had almost solved racism. Like that's really, that's the vibe I had. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, man. And now, and now the vibe is like, it's never been worse. Yeah. And it's because we keep talking about it. I mean, it's yeah. it, it is all of this like it's the media and it's the di- diversity training. And it's the fact that we only bring up when Asian people are killed by police or when black people are killed by police. What right. it's we're creating our own. The, well, the media is creating the vision of America that they you know want us to think it's like. Right. And it's just it's not reality. And that's, what's so frustrating. And the fact that so many people don't understand that that's not reality is what's scary. Cause like, I I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day too, but I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw some, it was about, you know, the shooting, the cop shooting. I can't remember if it was Adam Toledo or if it was the one um, of the woman who was stabbing the other woman, but (laughs) this lady made some sort of very ignorant argument. And then at the end, she said, if you want facts, then you need to watch the news. And I just, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, this is, this is the problem. Like, <laughs> you think you can get facts from the news? That's what's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that ship sailed, I think, before I was born, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But um, so is that, is that your vision for yourself? Is that you want to be uh, a media contributor to try and give voice to the, rare young person that actually sees the world a little bit differently from the mainstream or is it a political leaning what are you thinking yeah I mean I think it's both I've always ever since I've been you know ever since I started being interested in politics I've and speaking out about it there have always been people who have reached out to me young women you know my age younger than me my sister's age who say I just want to thank you for you know being brave enough to say what you say because I can't for whatever reason or I don't feel comfortable for whatever reason Um, because you can it can alienate people if you have political beliefs that are different from your main group of friends or your family or whatever you can lose people in your life because of politics and that's crazy Um, so I think that it's a mixture of I believe that I need to always stand up for what I believe in just as a woman. And I would encourage any woman to do the same, but also I need to give voice to this younger generation of people who are liberty minded, who aren't as conservative as our parents who understand 
that the, you know, old school Republicans is that's not going to be successful in the future. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just projecting that and putting that out there into the world and letting people know, like, there is a counterculture, like we are out there. It's not all of this leftist woke fucking bullshit. Like we (laughs) exist. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. And and I actually love the the energy of you bringing up the fact that I need to speak the truth as a woman, because like, if you're into women's empowerment or the liberation movement or equality, you know, like, I think that we should definitely be supporting and endorsing women that have dissident viewpoints and, you know, allowing them to speak. Cause it's uh, it's really important that people know that these aren't exclusively old white people ideology. Like, mm-hmm. like there are plenty of people that feel differently and and it just it just feels as if if we don't get as i said if we don't get a countercultural movement that goes against the perceived countercultural movement which is actually a, a, in line with all yeah. of the all of corporate america um, then we're it, hope is lost like I, I will genuinely flee the country if if we can't shift the tide and and i you know i try to stay optimistic in the sense that oftentimes as i said the pendulum swings too far it comes back Right. I think it will come back, but what will the destruction be in the meantime? Do you have any vision for what you see in the future? Do you think that we we dodge these major bullets or, or are we headed down kind of an unavoidable slide? I mean, I hate to be pessimistic and like obviously everything I fight for is going to be opposite of what I'm about to say. <laughs> sure. But part I'm of me does feel that it's too far gone at this point like I don't want it to be of course that's why I'm doing what I do that's why you do what you do what we all do in the liberty movement is that we hope it's not too far gone but honestly it's hard to see how it changes at this point because you know what happens at midterm elections what happens in 2024 what happens after that like it's (laughs) I don't I truly don't know it's so uncertain I I feel you I mean I I think that what, what probably blackpilled me the most was the lockdowns and not seeing a major, just huge explosion in libertarian ideology. Like the mm-hmm. fact that the fact that people didn't all kind of come together in that moment going like, I'm fucking miserable. I've been in my house for 90 days. Both parties think I should be in my house for 90 days and for another nine months after that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, People were fucking miserable. People were depressed. Alcoholism went through the roof. Suicides went through the roof. And yet still, and yet still, we don't get any seeming increase in people like actually demanding their fucking freedom back. And that to me was like, whoa, it's going to have to get a lot worse before it gets any better. I agree. And it, I think that to your point, people... It takes work, right? It takes work to fight for liberty. It takes work to stay involved and informed enough to know that your liberties are being threatened. Sure. It takes, it, it, you have to not want to be ignorant to that fact. Um, and I think that there's just too many people who just are ignorant to that fact or yeah. they don't feel like putting in the work to do the research to understand it, or they would rather just, oh, the government will figure it out. If we just give them more power, they'll do what's best for us. Like that kind of, I, it's hard work to be in, informed. It's a hard work to be an informed vo- voter, citizen, you know, participant in political life. It's yeah. hard, but and it, not everybody wants to do it. And that's just the truth. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't blame people. Like if you're, if you're the type that doesn't want to stay abreast of the news, given how fucking toxic it is, like yeah. I, I get that. But what I don't get is people accepting their fate, you know, where they're just right. like, like, I don't agree with being locked in my house, but I'm going to shut the fuck up and I'm going to do it forever. You know, yeah. like, where does that come from? <laughs> you know, like, right. like it just seems as if, as if the indoctrination in the school system, particularly, you know, K through 12 must have, increased deeply in its capacity for programming of people because when i was a kid there was so much more of a revolutionary fuck the government fuck schools fuck the teachers fuck authority fuck politicians like that's what our mentality was is there is there any sort of like rebellious rebellious youth i mean not even that become liberty-minded or or conservative even but just like 
anyone who's just like a fucking fuck all this type of person. Well, not not fuck all the things that you said, but all I mean, there is tons of rebellious youth. They're just think they're rebellious by voting for Joe Biden. Okay. Like <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> Joe Biden is like the the pinnacle of the cathedral. He is he is the embodiment of the evil nature Uh-oh, of the state. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're back. You're back. Uh, okay. So it's just it's just unbelievable to me that that they could think that they're rebellious by voting for a guy who's been in office for 50 years, wrote the 94 crime bill. I mean, he's just a disaster of a human being, supported the Iraq and Afghanistan and like Patriot Act. Go down the list. He's fucking terrible. He's terrible. Even if you're fucking woke, he's terrible. He's the worst if you're ter- if yeah. if you're woke. Like do they do they they have no concept of his history or are they just they just don't care? They don't no concept of the history and don't care enough to learn the history. That if people knew the truth, I just have a hard time feeling like he would be sitting where he is right now in the True. basement of the White House. I just in the basement. It, <laughs> <laughs> he probably yeah. is in the basement. I mean, <laughs> da- they hide him for sure. <laughs> Hiding Biden. <laughs> How embarrassing is it to see the fucking leader of the free world having been already inoculated? And he sits there with a mask on. What is this? I mean, it's so obviously theater, but like, how does it, how does it not rub people the wrong way? It's so crazy to me. Ugh. Or the double mask, Kamala's double masking. It's like, yeah. what, why, what are you, you're just virtue signaling. Like, I don't, what, we just look stupid. Like, does, do they not realize to the rest of the world too? Like we look dumb when yeah. our leaders are getting on television and, just looking, I don't know. <laughs> he did it. He did I don't want to say anything too. He did it in a Skype meeting with 12 other world leaders and he's the only one sitting there with the mask on. It also happened to be one of two other nations that didn't have a flag behind him, which I thought was interesting. Seems as if he's trying to like separate himself from, you know, any semblance of patriotism while wearing the mask as being the, the new emblem of patriotism is kind of how the vibe I got from it, which I think is fucking sick. Cause like, I don't know. I don't know about your outlook uh, or your perspective on on the lockdowns. I'm sure you didn't love them, um, but for me, it was just like it's such an inhuman experience and to not see people's faces, mm-hmm. not see people's smiles. Um, how, how how did you handle the lockdown period? Where did you struggle with it at all? Yeah, I mean, it's it was it's hard to see, especially now. Just like I'm not. A very outgoing person so if I see someone in the grocery store and I pass them it's polite to just like smile at them and just little human connections like that like we don't even realize we're missing out on those things and like I'll catch myself watching walking through the store and like smiling at someone and then realizing like they can't can't see that I'm (laughs) smiling so it's just like I don't know it, it creates like a wall like a literal wall between people like even yeah. if you're standing in front of them you can't read their face you can't fully engage in like a conversation with somebody if you you know if that's in the way I, I really think that <clears throat> yeah no I, I and I what's totally funny agree. is that I I almost started the video with a mask on as a joke because oh of that God. like I I had it with me, and then I, I when I was fucking with my camera, I was like, I gotta put this on. And just do it. I would have, I would have ended the episode right there. Uh, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> no, it's true though, because like, I'm, I'm also, I'm actually not the most social person. Like when I'm at the gym, don't fucking talk to me. But now, like, I'm so starving for those little interactions where you get to see mm-hmm. someone's facial expressions. Like if I see someone outside that's a stranger that has a mask on, I'm like. Hi, you know, like I, I used to never be that type, uh, but you know, I, I live in Southern California, so the masks are still pervasive. Like you can't, you can't yeah. basically go anywhere without one. And and when I go to the gym now, I have to work out with a mask, which first and foremost is a fucking nightmare. Um, but then I also like that was my as someone who's a self-employed entrepreneur, work from home type. That was my main interaction with people, even though I didn't talk to many people, just to be around them and to see their faces and to, you know, nod or smile or whatever. And you just take that away. And we're already such a, a like a, a disconnected society. Like we, mm-hmm. we had already kind of gone to our cell phones and, and started to work from home and, and, uh, you know, 
our lives had switched from the physical to the electronic. And, and now you add to that. And we were, and in my opinion, part of our mental health decline was the fact that we had done that transition too rapidly and humans don't adapt that fast. So like we've struggled with it already. And that's why we already had these massive upticks in child, child depression and anxiety and suicide and things like that. And then totally. you, then you add to it that you fucking add to it by taking them out of school. And then if you put them in school at all, they have to wear a mask and they have to social distance and they can't touch. I mean, mm -hmm. do you, do you see the same thing I do when it comes to how dangerous this path is that you, you totally dehumanize and disconnect people even further than they already were. And then you expect a society to stay together. Like it's seems, impossible. It seems impossible to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watch my sister is graduating in June. So she's a senior this year. I mean, her entire senior year has been just yeah. wrecked. Like she didn't have a senior. She didn't have prom. She didn't have, they just had um, sports to fall sports start up uh, like in the beginning, I don't know, a few months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and my sister's an excellent volleyball player and they were wearing masks. Like the girls on the court were wearing masks. Each of the girls could only invite um, two people, I think, or four people. Um, so it's like, you're, you know, their families can't come watch them. Grandparents can't come watch. Their friends can't come watch. You have to check in and give them your phone number for contact tracing, like at the schools. And it's just that it, it totally ruined her experience. And it makes me sad for her because I mean, she'll never get that back. She'll never get it back. Right? Nope. She's a senior. She's done. That's it. She didn't have that experience. And that's the case with so many kids. And it's so sad just yep. taking away that experience of being a normal kid yeah I, I that's that's my fear for the future is that these people we don't even understand the amount of emotional damage that it's done to them and mm -hmm. and i'm just really concerned about the uptick in suicide and shooting and drug addiction and depression and anxiety you know all all trend lines that were already skyrocketing they skyrocketed even more during lockdowns and then people are going to expect for it to improve dramatically when we go back to real life. And I think people are dead wrong. I think that people, are, those that have adapted to this new lifestyle are going to now deal with the same anxiety and depression of trying to become normal again. If we yep. are even permitted to be normal, which I pray to fucking God we are. Um, do you think that they're going to fucking let us be? Are we going to ever get back to February, I think, 2020? I think that whether they let us or not is irrelevant. I think people are going to start getting tired of it and they're just going to start living their lives as normal. Okay. I, don't think that I, it's, I pray you're yeah. right. <laughs> it's not something that the government's all of a sudden going to be like, okay, go back right. to your life. Do what you want to do. It's just people are just going to be like, all right, fuck you guys. We're just going to go to the bar, go to the fucking Disneyland, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it's been, actually. I think that that's why... Yeah. I think that that's why we have had the rollbacks. I think that's why they're now finally a year plus into this thing, finally acknowledging that you don't need to wear a mask outside, or at least the CDC is reviewing the data that we had a year ago. <laughs> yeah. They're finally reviewing the data. I'm like, y'all tried to kill us psychologically yeah. for a year. <laughs> why, why have you not reviewed this already? Excuse me. I, I get really upset when I think about this shit, but um, congrats on your engagement. Thank you. Uh, how long, how long had you guys been together? Um, we're going on five years now, five years in December. Oh, wow. So your entire 20 so far. Yeah. Yep. Young met him young. He's older though. You're going to rapid fire kids or what's going on? Mm, I don't know. I see. This is very non-conservative of me as well, but I don't know if I want to have kids. Honestly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And on it. And a lot of it has to do with the state of our world and the pol I mean, in politics, as much as I don't want to have that be a factor it is i consider it as far as planning my future life yeah yeah me too i mean it's it's kind of uh damned if you do damned if you don't because obviously who's going to be a better steward for liberty and freedom in this in this world than kids like you and i might have right totally but i'm not at all certain i can survive what's coming so like do right. i want to bring a kid into it so it's a tough balance man i don't know what to it do it really is yeah well, i don't know I hope you decide to reproduce anyways. I'm sure you guys would have some beautiful kids and you could have the AOC squared. She could fucking rule the, rule the world for us. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, you are at yeah, right girl HG on Twitter and you write for at the rogue review. And I yep. believe it's also the same on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Girl HG, right? 
Yep. Same handle. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to tell the people? No, but thank you, Clem, for having me. This was very fun for my first podcast. Absolutely. I, I hope it was painless. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, all right? Just wanted to say thank you guys all for leaving those five-star reviews. They continue to flood in. We're at 197 on iTunes, so almost at 200. Go to iTunes to leave a five-star review. If you leave your social media info, I will shout you out on the show. Free advertising for your social media. How cool is that? I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Love you. All right, go to teespring.com backslash liberty-lockdown-podcast. Again, that's teespring.com backslash liberty-lockdown-podcast to grab leggings, baby onesies, t-shirts, sweatshirts, all this dope stuff came from the artist known as, known as Top Lobster. You can also get different designs from him if you are a creator out there and you want to get some sort of uh, custom design or branding. He's the man. Go to toplobster.com to check out his work. He's a killer, and I really appreciate his support as well. Love you guys. I will see you next week. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. World premiere. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood lefties lyrical fappening A typo with Luke might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Allowable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic to rip a 59 Miles to Ray showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping ain't rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show.